If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I am super happy as ever to be back with you. And oh gosh, you've got to have the weather report. It's it snowed again yesterday. It's the middle of April. I had to drive down to an appointment yesterday. So it's down the highway, which is about five minutes from my house. I get onto the highway and go south and I followed a snowplow for at least 10 miles on a single lane on the highway. It's April the 15th, or it was on that day. Just about had it. I, I can't say this. I can't say I've had enough of winter. I mean, I've been away for the entire winter, but it was meant to stop before I got back. Having said that, it's a gorgeous day today, and I think the snow will be gone very shortly. I'm heading off to Oregon next week to the Northwest Vacation Rental Professionals Conference and really looking forward to that, A, because I've never been to Oregon before. And this is at Sun River Resort, which is near Bend, Oregon. And I understand that's a really lovely touristy area. Lots to see and do. So I'm there for three days and three nights and uh, going to meet up with some great people. Great shout out to Debbie Hurtert, who with her husband, Rob, is actually going to pick me up at Bend Airport and drive me up to Sun River, along with my friend Jessica Vazell. And I'm going to see Tyan Marsink because myself and Tyan and Jessica are delivering our Love Languages presentation. And I just love, love to get together with those ladies and do that presentation. We did it in New Orleans for the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. So really happy to give that one another go. And who else is going to be there? I know that Derek Eaton is going to be there. Always a huge pleasure to catch up with Derek. And then uh, Sue Jones, for uh, who is from... Uh, HR for VR. She is a part of the organizing committee. She's going to be there because she lives in Bend. And she's also a guest on my podcast next week, where we're going to be talking about human resources for vacation rentals and particularly for when you're first starting out in vacation rental management and you want to take on your first hire. I remember that so clearly. Actually, I was talking to that lady who was my first hire about five minutes ago, because that was 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago. And she is still with us. And she's an absolute stalwart of our organization. And we could not do without her. But we we chose wisely. So I'll be talking to Sue about how everybody else can have that same experience about making a hire as, as we did with our Sandra, who is just amazing. So uh, I'm also, over the next few weeks, I'm interviewing some really, really great people. I'm be talking to Eric Muller. Eric has been on the podcast before. He recently ran an online conference where he interviewed a bunch of really, really amazing people. And I have yet to go back and listen to all those, uh, those interviews and can't wait to do that. But Eric is going to be coming along and talking to us about things like master leasing and co-hosting and all those Airbnb 
expressions that we've heard but maybe don't fully understand and don't fully understand the implications of those. So I'll be talking to Eric very shortly in the in the next few weeks. I'm also restarting my interviews with owners and managers and we're going to try and get one of those at least every month as we go through the rest of this year where I interview a successful owner or manager and ask them what it is that is making their business so good. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are really in the throes of getting ready for our new season of rental. And we are taking on board new properties. We're consistently out and about assessing and evaluating every new property for entry into our management program. And I I just love this part of the business. I get to meet some fabulous people. I mean, some really great people and have a look at their properties and discuss them and talk about their goals and what makes them want to be in this business. And then we go through some recommendations and suggestions on what they can do to make their current property even better and how they can make it really successful from a business perspective. But along with that, we're also talking to all our current owners because we never lose sight of the fact that these are the guys that have made our business so successful. And we have some of our property owners that have been with us from the very, very start, you know, going back to 2003 when we kicked off the property management business. And each year we talk to them, we talk to every single one of our owners about what they need to do to get ready for another season of rental. And one of the things we mention is an annual audit because this makes such a lot of sense at this time of year. And it's an exercise we encourage all our owners to do in this spring. So in this episode, I'm going to share how we do our annual check and how we recommend to our owners that they do this check and what's important to cover within it. And there's a couple of things that we start off with before I go through all the different elements of doing an annual property audit. There's a couple of things I want to get out of the way. And the first thing to say is that we suggest they do not do this on a lovely warm day when the sun is sparkling on the water. And remember, all our properties are waterfront. So it can be very tempting just to go out on a best day and do the audit then. You've got happy the sound of happy children people playing at their cottages, filling the air, the sound of chainsaws and renovations going on. And it's all exciting. And the barbecues sending out wafts of mouth-watering aromas. You really can't get much done on these types of days. You want to stop and talk to your neighbours and talk to them about their projects. And if you've got kids, you want to go play with them and not have them hanging around So if you've got kids, you want to just go out and play with them and enjoy the good weather. So we suggest it's a much better idea to carry out a systematic analysis on your place on a cool and cloudy day or a rainy one. And that's when your judgment's not going to be distorted or swayed by the beauty of the surroundings. The other thing is, is that when you do this analysis, you're going to do it in the role of being a critical, a hypercritical guest, because that's the way you get to see 
all the things that perhaps you would miss with your rose-coloured glasses on, I guess. You know, you love your property. I know that. I love my property. Always have loved every property I have rented out. But I've always known as well that there's shortcomings to them. And and if I see it at its best, I'm not going to identify all those things that our guests would see it on a day that's perhaps the worst. You know, when they've arrived after a really crappy journey and the kids are tired and fractious and the weather's not good, that's when they're going to notice everything that's wrong with it. So you need to do your analysis of your property in that sort of similar frame of mind. And I just want to stress something I've mentioned over and over again, that when your guests do arrive, I hope you know this, they will explore your cottage outside and in. They open all the drawers and the cupboards that aren't locked or sealed. And in some cases, they will open the drawers and cupboards that are locked and sealed. We hope they don't, but that's the nature of some rental guests. They're going to look under beds. They're going to look behind the furniture. I've said this before. No nook will be left unexplored and no cranny will evade investigation. So you better make sure in your analysis, you do exactly the same. It's because it's a simple truth, you know, that we're a curious species and put in a new place, we generally want to check out the territory. We want to establish our boundaries and we mark it as our own, even for a temporary period. And it's a good job we're humans because otherwise we'd be marking territory in different ways. But, you know, when your guests arrive, so we're still going to mark it as our own with our, you know, our own stuff that we bring in and we set out when we arrive at a property. So, you know, it's a simple truth that we're a curious species and put in a new place, we generally want to check out the territory, establish our boundaries and mark it as our own, even for a temporary period. Now, it's a good job we're humans and not animals. Otherwise, we've been marking the territory in a different way. But as your guests arrive for the very first time, they are going to want to make the place their own in their own way. And before they do that, they're going, to, they're going to check it out. Your guests are your most thorough supervisors, checkers and auditors. So it's really worth your while making sure your guests don't find any shortcomings that you wouldn't wish to find yourself. With this in mind, you need to do exactly the same as your guests would do if they're arriving on an on a awful day and they've got nothing better to do than to check to see if you've got dust bunnies under the beds. But you're going to do it with a notepad in hand and do a tour checking every corner, every drawer, every window frame and every toilet bowl with a perfectionist's eye. So doing an audit at the start of the rental season is going to uncover a few things that are certain to be spotted by your eagle-eyed guests. So I am going to go through the audit checklist step by step and area by area. Now, if you're out jogging or walking or you're driving, you might think, you know, you might want to take some notes. Well, don't be concerned about that. We have a complete audit checklist that you can download. And I want to give this away to you. So when you have finished listening, go to the show notes, download the checklist, and then you'll be able to run through it. And then you can, you can change it. You can swap things about. And, you know, it's a standardized checklist that we have used over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, so you, you might want to change it out a little bit, but it's what we do for our annual 
audits. Now, uh, with our properties, I like, I've always liked to do this biannually. I mean, do it twice a year. So you do the one audit in the spring and then another audit when you get to the end of the season. Mainly because it's because winter is so hard here that all sorts of things happen over the winter that you'd want to check out. And then after a heavy summer of rental, then you probably want to do the same before you shut it down for the winter, if in fact that's what you do. So it's it's simple things like, you know, at the end of the summer season, we change out all the bedding from the light summer bedding into the real cozy, comfy, quilty type of beds because that's what people want to come to when they're coming to a cottage in Ontario in the winter. So it's going to be different for everybody. But this checklist that we've put together is pretty comprehensive and it's going to take you through just about every step of the way. Okay, let's start with the exterior. Now, if you listen to last week's podcast, when we talked about the first 10 minutes, the approach, the arrival at the property, you'll understand how, it, how important it is that you do a really good check at the exterior. So what we do is to arrive at the property as if we were guests for the very first time. And then make notes, you know, what is the first thing that you notice about it? How inviting does the exterior look? And then think of two things that would help make it look more attractive. I mean, you could think of more, but we tend to think every time we do an audit, we'll go two things that is going to make this look more attractive. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't cost anything to make something look more attractive. It could be you just get out with some pruning shears and sort out some bushes and trees and just make that look more attractive. Or, you know, just simply a little bit of gardening attention. Then do an initial walk around outside. You know, just do a once round. Take a look at it, at how a guest would see it if they were just arriving and just running around, the kids are running around and you're a parent and you're going, oh my goodness, that's not safe. You know, you're looking for any areas that where, where you've perhaps stored things that, that might be unsafe, you know, piles of wood or things that are you know, for, for us because we all have decks and we tend to put over the winter, we'll put things under the decks because it keeps it away from the snow. So old patio tables, perhaps something that should have been taken out and disposed of the year before before the winter came, we would perhaps put under the deck. So those are the things you're sort of looking for, the areas where you store things that might be unsightly and need cleaning up. Take a look at the siding. Does that need cleaning? Is the approach clear of debris, leaves, fallen branches? What could you actually do to improve the approach to the property? You know, maybe it's a new sign with a property name on it or hanging baskets or flower tubs outside the door. You know, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, oh gosh, yeah, my, my two new things that I'm going to do has now probably expanded to five. But that's fine. That's fine. Just make a note of it. You don't have to do everything. Is the exterior neat and tidy? Are the tables and chairs that you have for patios and decks laid out neatly? Do they need any attention? Do they need to be replaced? Now we have waterfront, so I'm going to leave this one in. You know, if, if you're downloading our checklist and you don't have any waterfront, then you can delete this. But we're going to be looking at the waterfront 
Is it clean and clear of clutter? Things get pushed up on shore over the course of a winter when the ice goes. Sometimes you know, things appear that you'd totally forgotten that you'd left there when the winter came and when they all got covered up with snow. And maybe they just need a good clean out. Is the dock in good condition? And are there any areas that need repair? And this is a real safety security issue. Is our, our dock planks soft? Do they need to be replaced? And that's really, really important. We did have a guest a few years ago that actually went through a dock on their vacation because it had rotted and the owner hadn't noticed. So really important that that gets checked. Do you have a lockable storage shed where you can store items that you don't want your guests to find or used? And so if we're still outside here, take a look around to see if there's anything you don't want your guests to use. Maybe you've got a really nice paddleboard or kayak, something that you use a lot yourself and you prefer your guests don't use it. Well, what goes for the inside where guests will look at everything and touch everything and expect to use everything that's left out for them? Same goes for the outside. If you don't tell them they can't use something, they are going to use it. So have a think about where you can put these things. Maybe it's, it is a storage shed and you lock it, um, have a sign on it that just says not for use for rental guests or, you know, perhaps just a lock is going to do the job. So you've done that walk all the way around. You've looked at the curtilage. You've thought about your guests enjoying their time outside. So now look at the property itself. Look at the house itself. What does the siding look like? Does it need power washing? Are the windows clean? This is really, really important. I mean, regardless of whether you think the windows look clean, they need to be cleaned at the start of the season. Would the frames benefit from repainting? Are they going to go through an entire summer season without requiring some maintenance and attention? The next one is something I went to see a cottage the other day and I went out onto a beautiful deck overlooking the lake and it was gorgeous and the first thing I noticed was the barbecue which had definitely seen better days now particularly when a property is a higher end of a rental rate then it really is important that the barbecue looks amazing because people will be cooking outside and they don't want to open the barbecue or even look at it from the outside and think oh, I really don't want to put my food on that so really important to take the time to look at the barbecue, assess it and decide whether it should be replaced. If you're going to keep it, then check it out. Is it clean? Is it functioning correctly? Does the automatic start work? Have you provided a brush to allow your guests to clean it? And that's another thing. I, we don't want to see the bristle brush barbecue brushes anymore. The type where the tiny little bristles come off and can get caught up in food and uh, and ultimately ingested and can do a lot of damage. We don't want these things to happen. So if you're not providing the sort of barbecue brush that does that, you're not going to be at risk of a liability claim because somebody gets sick or hurt because of it. And there's plenty of alternatives out there now. Now you check all your patio and outdoor furniture and dispose of stained and mildewed and broken chairs. Even if you can, if you can clean them up and take the mildew off, then that's absolutely fine. But you know, for most of these chairs, have a think about how many years you've had them and whether it's time to replace them. 
if you're thinking, oh, yeah, it could go for another year, really think about it. Is it going to go for another year of hard use or is it time to do a change? Check the umbrella. Is it is that clean and free of mildew and stains? And then do the same for tables and make sure every part of your outdoor furniture is covered. If you have boats, watercraft, make sure they're in good condition with no leaks or weak spots, particularly if they've been sat outside all winter. Are the oars and paddles in good condition? And do you have a complete safety kit for every boat? This is an Ontario marine safety requirement that every boat must have a safety kit. So it's all dependent on what it's like in your area. Of course, if you have watercraft at all, which many of you don't, but if you do, please make sure that you are complying with all marine regulations. And if you have boats, do you have life jackets or PFDs that are approved and functional? It's no good having sort of old life jackets that you might have picked up at a yard sale. They have to be approved and functional. New ones are better. They really, really are. And then finally, are there any materials or items that are stored outside that could pose a safety risk for children and animals? You know, rat or mouse poison, and this I come across this a lot, is you know, bags of rat poison under a deck. Are you kidding me that you hadn't even thought about moving that out before having me come and evaluate your house? Same goes for fertilizers, paints, flammable liquids, etc. Anything that could pose a danger for children and adults alike. So there you are. That is your complete exterior check. Oh, one thing I didn't mention, I mentioned it last week, was the welcome mat and the front door. Do that as a matter of course is check the doors and the welcome mats. I mentioned it in my episode last week. I'll do it again. If you don't look after your front door and your welcome mat, your guests are going to see it every time they come back in that door. So it's not just an initial impression. It's an initial impression that's compounded every single time they go out for the day or go out for the evening they come back in and think oh yeah this this really is not as attractive as it was showing in the photographs you really don't want to fall into that trap so it could be that you take one day to do the outside of your property because this is not something you're going to do in five or ten minutes i would like you to spend at least an hour if you've got an independent property with a yard and go all the way around that property and assess it for safety, for appeal, for attractiveness, and then make a long list of all the things that you have to do to make it perfect for your guests this year. Okay, so let's get to the inside. You got the outside all wrapped up now, so we are going to go and check out the interior. Now, on the show notes for this episode, I've included an excerpt from a post on the Properly website, which is written by Dirk Johnson, and it talks about his follow the wall technique. Now, Dirk has been a guest on the show talking about housekeeping and hospitality and this technique is something that I've used ever since ever since I heard about it from Dirk. I've been using this technique and it really does work, actually. It's really quite interesting because it is so simple. Essentially, he says it's just using the wall as a roadmap for the cleaning practice by literally touching the wall 
as you move through the property. And what it does is it ensures that every part of the property is looked at in a systematic and orderly way, including the closets, cabinets, under furniture and behind doors, which is, uh, which is what I was talking about right at the very start. So I'm not going to talk right the way through the excerpt from the Properly website post, but I have put a link on the show notes so that you can go and have a look at the follow the wall foundational cleaning procedure that Dirk Johnson mentions because he uses it or he recommends that cleaners, housekeepers, inspectors all use this technique. And I would suggest that you use it for an annual or biannual audit as well. So bearing that in mind, you're going to enter the property as if it was for the very first time. First time you've ever gone there. What's your first impression? And just like we said last week, what does it smell like? Does it feel damp? Does it smell musty? So you walk through each room following the wall and record your impression in a notebook. Then you do a thorough and more methodical search, checking all appliances for cleanliness, carpets and rugs for stains and wear, drawers and cupboards for any mess and clutter, bathrooms for lime deposits and hard floor cleanliness, and window frames for bugs and dirt. And of course, fans, ceiling fans, which we often forget about because you don't tend not to look up, but your guests will. So a number of things that you need to do when you're doing the interior, you're going to check the lighting throughout the property. How ambient is it? When was the last time you checked to see how ambient that lighting was, both day and night? So don't just do this in daylight. No, after dark, does the place feel welcoming and cozy or dark and gloomy? Property we went and stayed at in New Orleans for the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. It just had glaring lights and there was no ambient lighting whatsoever. Pretty awful lighting, actually, and there was nowhere where you could go and sit and be cosy. It definitely was not a cosy space. So I guess it all depends on what your guests are going to be doing, whether they are going to be spending time indoors. But, you know, you really should think that absolutely every guest is going to want to spend some time indoors at some point and make sure the lighting is ambient enough for them to feel cosy when they're doing so. How about children's toys, games and books? You want to check that they're generally clean and in good condition. And if you're just starting out, if you've got any toys or games of your children's that you don't want used, remove them. Buy a lockable chest or cupboard to put in the basement or storeroom and clearly mark it as owner use only or something similar. And on the topic of board games, you do have to check every single board game and make sure it's got all the component pieces. This should be done every week. It should be part of your cleaner's checklist is to go through the board games and make sure there are dice, there are pencils in games that require, you know, like Pictionary that require paper and pencils. If you've got Yahtzee, make sure that the scorecards, all these things you can go and buy separately in Walmart anyway, all these additional parts for toys and games. So it might be worthwhile just having a tote of some or some sort where you can keep all these spares so that your cleaner or caretaker can replenish the things that go missing because they will do. But certainly in your annual audit, you're going to check the general condition of all these things and throw them away if they are sort of past their usable date or condition. So in the kitchen, have you got sufficient plates, cutlery and glassware for the maximum number of people that the property will accommodate? And do you have extras? Now, in the course of a season, 
things get broken. And quite often it's the poor people at the end of the season who end up having to get paper plates because they don't have enough to accommodate their entire group. What about serving dishes, casserole dishes, pie plates, mixing bowls? All these things need to be checked. So remove them all out of the cupboards, clean the cupboards, put them all back in and catalogue them. So you have a good inventory of everything you have. The same goes for your small appliances. You know, make sure your blender is working. Coffee machine is working. Food processor works. Waffle maker, whatever small appliances you have, make sure they're in working condition. Think about upgrading. We talk about always looking for the two things that you could do to make each area of the property improved. And certainly, I always done this. I've looked at the small appliances and thought, what could I add? Now, if, if you can go to town, then, oh my gosh, I've just got a Vitamix and I love that piece of equipment. Anybody who owns a Vitamix or another really high powered blender will love you if you supply one of them for them, but they don't come cheap. But you know, it's, if you've got a higher end property, then make sure you have the higher end appliances. And the most popular small appliance at the moment is the Instant Pot. Amazon Prime Day is coming up or be coming up in a month or two. That's when Instant Pots go for sale. So why don't you add one of those to your small appliance mix? And maybe a, there's always been an argument about Keurigs and about you know, the instant coffee type of machines because of the environmental impact of, of the pods. So quite up to you whether you want to supply one, but I'm seeing that more and more guests are asking about them because they have them at home. Check out all your cooking pans, utensils. Are they all in good condition? Have you got a large pot for boiling corn and cooking pasta? Do you have a slow cooker? Of course, if you've got an instant pot that doubles up as a slow cooker. So you've got a dual purpose piece of uh, dual purpose small appliance. If you've got non-stick pans, make sure they're in good condition. And certainly we, we change out our fry pans every season. You know, they're inexpensive. They get tough use throughout the season and we will always change them out. Check out that you have sufficient plastic plates, cutlery and glasses for outdoor use. Because otherwise, if you don't give your guests the type of outdoor dining materials that you'd like them to use they're going to use all your best stuff outside and it can get broken they may well take it outside anyway but at least if you're providing them with the alternatives they're more likely to use them let's move on to the bedrooms are those mattresses comfortable they're not too soft they're not too hard what is the life of a mattress probably 10 to 12 years i think in a in a vacation rental you'd be looking at changing out your mattresses after about 8 years and sooner if you're getting complaints about their comfort. Check the mattresses to make sure they are clean and free of mildew and damp smells, particularly if the property has been left closed up for a while. And also, this is something you do every single checkout, and certainly every month, but definitely every year, and that's checking for evidence of bed bug activity. There is another episode on the podcast about bed bugs and how you check out, uh, how you can check out furniture and mattresses and assess them for bed bug activity. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
Just check that your bedrooms look, look attractive. You know, are your comforters or bed covers clean and fresh? Once again, big argument here about when you change out, when you do the laundering of these items. Personally, I have duvets and duvet covers and those duvet covers are washed after every single use and put back on. And I know it's a pain and I know my cleaning staff have argued this on occasion. If I've just had a night, people in for a night and they say, well, you know, we're changing out the sheets and the duvet cover is, is just the same as a comforter and that doesn't get washed every every time. But that's that's just me. That's That's what I would like and therefore that's what I will have in my own property. Entirely up to you, of course. And I'm sure you can go to a, a dozen Facebook groups and find arguments on both sides. Make sure you check all pillows for stains and replace if necessary. There is no excuse for having stained pillows. They're horrible. Guests will often remove the covers when they leave. They will remove the co- even if they're told not to. They're going to take the sheets off. They're going to take the covers off. And that's when they're going to see your stained pillows mattresses and mattress encasements as well. That's something, definitely something to check. Have a look at all the linens you supply. Consider buying new sets for a new season or buying at least one or two new sets for each season. And again, assess the condition of your towels. Are they still soft and white? If you're going for white towels, you want to make sure that they're not getting that sort of yellowy gray look. They tend to look tired and the pile gets a bit hard and feels uncomfortable. You know, that's the time to change out your towels. So as you go through the bedroom, you're going to move the beds and check underneath. Lift the mattresses up and check between the bed base and the mattress. Anywhere that might harbor dust and dust bunnies and anything else, in fact, that might have fallen down in the, during the course of a season. Then we're moving on to the bathrooms. You're going to thoroughly check the bathroom, assessing for any form of mildew. Often this will be in grout or around the edges of shower doors. And certainly look at the shower doors and evaluate whether they're going to need some lime treatment uh, or even if they need replacing. If they haven't been cleaned, the lime or hard water deposits have not been cleaned off those doors. You get that cloudy look. And at at some point those doors will need to be replaced. And it's amazing what a great look it gives to a bathroom when when that's done. Check all your cleaning supplies. And even for for those of you who say, I don't want my guests to do anything. I don't want them to do any cleaning whatsoever. So why should I leave them cleaning supplies? Well, there are clean freaks that will come to your property that will want to wipe down the kitchen counters every night that will want to polish a table, that will want to even clean a window or clean children's finger marks off the window. So make sure you have the supplies that you like to use in your house. Otherwise, they're going to go out and buy them and you may find that they're using supplies that you really don't want to have used. So it's entirely up to you. But we recommend that this is the time of year that you restock your cleaning cupboard with a complete season's worth of cleaning supplies, paper products, toilet paper, kitchen towel, coffee filters, laundry detergents, bathroom and kitchen cleaning products and uh, and furniture polish. Whatever you use, make sure you are stocked up in a housekeeper's closet and then you have a certain amount left out for your guests. 
So once you've done all that, you go back, you follow the walls again. Just make sure there has been nothing that's missed. So I have a think now about technology, making sure that you've got ample charging stations. Every year, this becomes more and more important. You should have a charging station or at least a charging socket that's got USBs uh, in every single bedroom. You've got to give your guests the opportunity to charge their devices in just about every room in the house, not necessarily the bathroom, but everywhere else there should be charging stations. Think about it that your guests, each of them, is probably going to come with a minimum of two or three devices that they're going to want to charge. If you've got a family of six, it could be up to 18 to, to 25 devices. And there will be arguments if there are not enough charging stations out there for them to keep up to date, keep current, keep online. So they are inexpensive. I was in Costco yesterday. They are selling packs of three wall sockets that each of them have six USB ports in them. And it was really inexpensive. I think it was $20 Canadian. So it's just crazy not to have them. Then finally, you're going to check your information that you leave for your guests. Specifically, the tourist information. This is the stuff that you can get free from your local tourist office, you know, the brochures and the pamphlets. And what we tend to do is pile them all into a box or a, a, some sort of display and then totally forget about them and come along in a couple of years' time and find that everything is completely out of date. There's menus for restaurants that have closed. There's no menu for restaurants that have recently opened. There are event calendars that are out of date. So please, every year, go through all that information and dispose of anything that is out of date. I would suggest you have, even with all the digital devices we have, get a map of the local area, you know, a good old fashioned printed map. You should be able to get one of those from the tourist office or, um, or maybe even buy one locally. You will have older guests like me, and we really like to see maps, proper old fashioned maps that you can spread out on the table and make your plans from. So check your welcome book. So if that, that is, if you still have a paper document, and many of you I know still do, but make sure it's neat, it's typed, it's easy, easy to read, and it's presented in a really friendly tone. Think about if you've bought some, any new appliances or equipment that might need some explanatory notes put in the guide. My thing is TVs. And I've noticed a, there was a thread on a Facebook group this, this week about old people not, and, and it really was sort of, I think this is discrimination. <laughs> it, was, it was clearly stated that old people can't operate modern TVs. Now, to a certain extent, I would go along with that because I still, you know, I'm, I look in a, the little basket that I have on my table at home and there are four remote control devices in there and I'll sit there and push the buttons on all of them and hope for the best. And, you know, if I want to go from normal TV to Netflix, I usually have to ask for help. And I just wish my five-year-old granddaughter was around. because I know she could help me. But look at it this way. Just because you know how to use everything, how to use all modern technology, and you don't think twice about it because you were brought up with it, 
there are a lot of people and not necessarily those that you might determine to be, quote, old, who may find using your equipment a little more challenging. So just, just get away from the fact that you expect everybody to know how to use it and, and just explain it in a clear and concise way. If you've got a digital welcome book, even better. We use Touchday for all our properties and we are including clear instructions on how to use the entertainment system in every property within the digital guide. But you know, if you've still got the paper book, then just make sure it's not dog-eared, grease-stained or otherwise unsightly. Make it look nice. You might have to buy a new binder or a cover for it. And of course... Really, it is time to go digital. Then on the safety and security front, that really is a episode in its own right. And I did talk to Justin Ford a few months ago about safety and security. And I'll put a link to that as well. You know, it's really important that you consider every year the safety and security of your property and how safe and secure it is for your guests. But in the terms of the annual audit, you need to make sure you have working smoke alarms on each level of the property. And when I say working smoke alarms, you've got to test them and you've got to make sure they are not out of date. 10 years old is out of date. So if you've had the property for more than 10 years and you've never changed a smoke alarm, then just do this on this annual audit. Take them all down, replace them with brand new ones and make a note of the date that you did that. Check your fire extinguishers. And we often will buy something. You, you think, you know, this is really good. I'll go out and buy the fire extinguisher. You mount it in the kitchen. It's, it's near to where your guests might need it if there was a kitchen fire. And then you just forget all about it. And then 10 or 12 years go past and that same fire extinguisher is sitting there. They need to be updated after a certain period of time. So follow the instructions. And the other thing you need to look at is your first aid kit. When was the last time you checked out your first aid kit to see what had been taken out of it, what was missing? One of the things that often gets taken out of a first aid kit is the latex gloves. So check for those, check for band-aids and the things that people might need most often because those are the things that need replenishing. So just you include that in your audit. So there you are, a complete audit of your property. Take a day over it. Make some time to do it really, really thoroughly. Create your lists of all the things that you need to repair, replace, throw out and buy. And then set a schedule for doing all that before the beginning of your season. So just make sure you document everything. It makes it so much easier to plan any updates from furniture and furnishing to kitchen and dining equipment so that you know every time you've replaced something, you have a date that you'll be able to go back and check and see when that rep repair or replacement occurred. And for those of you who do an, the, the biannual inspection like we do, this documentation comes in really handy to remind you of the dates of those changes. So, you know, if oh I changed something six months ago, I don't need to change it now. So I would love to hear from you as to how useful this is. If you do something similar and if you have some items that you use on your audit 
that I haven't included. So you can email me as ever at heather at vacationrentalformula.com or you can go to the show notes and just put your comments there. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. So this is the last you're going to hear from me in a solo fashion for the next few weeks because I have a long lineup of interviews coming. But if you do enjoy these solo episodes, I would love to hear from you with your suggestions for topics to cover. And if I get enough interest in doing some more solo episodes, then of course I will add those in. As I mentioned uh, last week, we are revamping the podcast in its entirety uh, towards the end of this year when we reach episode 300. And I am taking a lot of my planning strategy from what I'm hearing from my listeners about what you want, because this is all for you and what you want really counts with me. So get in touch, let me know, and I will add everything that you are suggesting to my list. And certainly I want suggestions on topics. I want suggestions on people you'd like to hear from. If you'd like to be interviewed and you've got a really good story to tell, then let me know of that as well. And um, we will hit 2020, which is just about when the new improved podcast will be launched. In fact, it'll be towards November time. We will hit it, hit the ground running with an amazing new format for the podcast. So, That's it from me for another week. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you and I'll look forward to talking with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.